This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the state unemployment office that had so much trouble sending out checks during the COVID crisis is trying to get some of that money back. Does anyone beside me see a bit of irony and unfairness in the fact that they're going after people that may have been overpaid when there are hundreds of thousands of Floridians that are still waiting to even be paid? Democrats have been complaining about the unemployment system for months, and they've finally come up with a fix. Today on Sunrise In-Depth, we'll check out their bill to raise benefits and change the mindset at the state unemployment office. Part of what we're trying to do is build in more accountability here to make sure that this agency, the, the Department of Economic Opportunity, is really working to solve problems. And that's what led us to this idea of an ombudsman. And it's basically an attempt to try to change some of the culture in, an, in the agency. We've passed another statistical milestone in the COVID crisis. More than 15,000 of your fellow Floridians have now been killed by the coronavirus. When you include the victims from other states or other countries who also died here, Florida's total is now 15,248. Republican leaders in Tallahassee have refused to call a special session to deal with COVID-19, but rank-and-file lawmakers say it's going to be their number one issue in March when the session of 2021 begins. As I've talked to many of my constituents across Florida, um, that the number one issue is COVID-19. Just from all sides, it's the major concern. We'll also check out your calendar of events and check in with a Florida man who doesn't know if the Holocaust actually happened, but does know for sure that he is getting his job back. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, October 9th. It was on this date in 1861 that the Battle of Santa Rosa Island began in the Panhandle. Confederate forces from Pensacola tried to take Fort Pickens, which had been reinforced with hundreds of Union troops. The attack failed, and Fort Pickens was one of only a handful of southern forts to remain in Union hands throughout the Civil War. Another day, another COVID milestone. On Wednesday, we reported that Florida's death toll had passed the 15,000 mark. That includes 180 people who died here but are not Florida residents. Then on Thursday, the health department reported 164 additional fatalities, which means the number of actual Floridians killed by COVID has now broken the 15,000 mark as well. The exact number is 15,068. When you include the folks from out of state, the death toll is 15,248. Florida's Department of Economic Opportunity screwed the pooch during the pandemic when it couldn't handle all the jobless claims, and there are still problems to this day. But the agency that couldn't get all those checks out on time is now trying to claw some of that money back. The DEO has a list of people it claims received too much money and is telling them they have to send it back to Tallahassee. State Senator Annette Tadeo of Miami says it's a new low for the DEO. And now uh, we are dealing with... um you know, the, the DO now uh, telling people that sometimes they were overpaid and they have to pay it back. Um, I love it that DO has the time to now go after people returning the money that maybe they overpaid. Um, I wish they would take the time to pay the 1.9, uh, I'll give you the exact number, one, uh, 1.992 million people that still have not gotten an answer, not gotten paid. Uh, This is completely unacceptable. It may be unacceptable, but State Senator Janet Cruz of Tampa says it's pretty much what she's come to expect from this administration. This system was designed um, under the premise that every applicant was a fraud. And there were so many hurdles and barriers to success that still exist. So I want to thank everyone for working towards trying to create a system that 
you know, that takes a different approach and helps Floridians rather than assume that everyone applying is, um, is a fraud. It's very frustrating. Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez says they warned the agency that some people were getting too much money, but there was no way to correct it. Months and months ago, many of us were flagging this issue um, that, you know, be, because of the, the measures that DEO took to sort of try to stand up the, you know, a broken system that was mismanaged, a lot of people were, we, we heard a lot of people that were, you know, trying to protect themselves because they realized they were receiving benefits that, that, that were uh, overpaid. And there wasn't really a good process in place. And so uh, I, I cannot say with any certainty that this was a systemic issue that they had. Uh, but just anecdotally, it does appear that, you know, especially during the, the you know, the, the early months uh, of this economic crisis, that uh, a lot of things were done very quickly. Um, and, and as I think Senator Seo was saying, putting people in very difficult situations um, who may have been confused about things and are now being asked to repay thousands of dollars and having to go through appeals processes that, that they shouldn't have to go through. The Department of Economic Opportunity says it has paid out more than $17 billion in unemployment claims during the pandemic. Most of that money came from the feds. But the DEO will not say how many people are on their clawback list or how much they owe. When the Miami Herald asked for a list, the agency said no, because it would distract them from their mission of sending out checks as fast as possible. Republican leaders at the state capitol have refused to call lawmakers back into a special session to deal with all the issues emerging from the pandemic, but rank-and-file Republicans say it will be their number one issue the next time they meet. Michelle Salzman is running for House District 1 in Scambia County, and she's pretty much a shoe in They haven't elected a Democrat there in decades. As I've talked to many of my constituents across Florida, um, that the number one issue is COVID-19. Uh, just from all sides, it's the major concern. A real repercussion of COVID-19 is that it will likely take years to recover in many areas of our economy. Um, both parties, I think, should address it with our dependence on tourism and the, and the hospitality industry. You know, how are we going to overcome that and, and what are some ways that we can help those industries? Um, of course, I think that um, economic development, um, encouraging manufacturing and high-tech software and cybersecurity industries like aerospace, um, are certainly a great, uh, great idea. Representative Alex Andrade is another Republican from Pensacola, and COVID is at the top of his list as well. He's one of those make lemonade when life gives you lemons kind of guys. You know, while 2020 has been a very tough year, there's silver linings to everything. Um, finding opportunities in education, uh, seeing what we've, what we've learned in our response to COVID-19, uh, taking taking the uh, the good opportunities that we've learned from these experiences and incorporating them into our our education system incorporating them in our, our business mentality um and and just refocusing on our our environment i think uh you know there's no no question that we got 67 counties in florida and it feels like about half of them are on a coastline uh, we're always going to be in jeopardy of, of sea level rise and the flooding um, but our environment is our, our strongest asset and our biggest driver for people to move here. Uh, so even in a year like this, uh, the best way for us to, to recover economically is to, to double down on focusing on our environment um, and to continue opening doors for, for businesses and professionals to move back home from other states uh, in the wake of COVID-19. 
Salzman and Andrade were part of an online forum called Purple State Politics, and the Republicans found plenty of common ground with Democrats on the issue of COVID-19. State Representative Dan Daly of Coral Springs says it's at the top of everyone's list. COVID is the top issue on everybody's mind um, and will certainly dominate the um, 2021 legislative session. Um, usually there is, you know, an issue that, that dominates the session and it kind of sucks a lot of the air out of the room. And, and some years you can kind of squeak by. We, we kind of squeaked by this last legislative session because COVID really started to materialize more seriously on the tail end of, of session. But I think certainly when it comes to the budget, I think when it comes to policy bills, you're going to see a lot um, around COVID. And, and, it's, and it's things like um, as serious as, as updating Florida's unemployment um, uh, compensation system. I think it's things as what I view as simple as allowing for electronic signatures and notarization on government documents would make businesses' lives easier, especially in the, in the wake of a global pandemic, in the midst of a, of, of a global pandemic. So um, I think it runs the gamut of the things that we can um, work on. And Representative Nicholas Durant of Miami says COVID is not just a public health problem. Like everything else in Tallahassee, it all comes down to money. When you look at COVID, it's not just public health safety. It is also the economy and how do we rebuild it. This is decimated, has really, really put a gut punch uh, and put small businesses on their heels. Uh, the economy uh, and the budget is going to be such a critical sort of place that we play. The, the sort of the core essence of the legislature is to pass the budget and pass a uh, a budget every year. Uh, we can't leave unless we pass a budget or we have to come back and pass that budget. Uh, it has to be a balanced budget in a sense. So what we're going to do with the pennies we've got, with the treasure chest we've got that's taken a massive hit, how do we do it? Uh, where do we look for funds if there aren't funds there? Um, what are the kind of programs, I think, on the healthcare world, on the technology? How do we, you know, I think one of the things you've seen from COVID is the use of technology and how we've leveraged it to conduct business and conduct our fairs, our life, our livelihoods and, and, and lives in many respects. Uh, and are there efficiencies within those that we can identify? Lawmakers are back in Tallahassee two weeks after the November election for a one-day session. They'll basically get organized and find their new offices in the Capitol building. But any sort of comprehensive response to the COVID crisis, that's going to have to wait until the regular session, which doesn't start until March. One of the issues that is likely to divide the parties is how to reform Florida's unemployment comp system the one that critics say was designed to fail. Democrats have been complaining about it for months, and they've finally come up with a fix. We'll take a deep dive on the unemployment reform bill right after this word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. After spending the past several months complaining about Florida's unemployment compensation system that failed in spectacular fashion during the pandemic, Democrats in the legislature have come up with a bill to reform the process and increase the benefits. Florida has some of the lowest bennies in the country, no more than $275 per week. And State Senator Jose Javier Rodriguez of Miami says their bill would change that. One of the things that we do is increase the weekly benefit amount. We're proposing uh, bringing the minimum up from 32 to $100 of the minimum benefit, 
and we take we would uh, propose raising the maximum from 275 to 500. The average weekly benefit in the state of Florida is around 250, 252, which means the vast majority of recipients of unemployment are very close to the cap, which means the cap really is uh, far too low. And any of our constituents will tell you when they're trying to pay for medication, rent, et cetera, uh, 275 uh, doesn't go very far at all. If we went to $500 as our cap, that would put us roughly a little bit above average in terms of how we would compare with other states. So it's not uh, that ambitious a goal. And one thing that I'll add is, is in September, our, uh, our, state, our legislative economists said that the $600 benefit a week from the federal government through the CARES Act was one of the few things um, that kept people's income from getting worse during this pandemic. So again, uh, it's extremely important for us to address the weekly benefit amount. Senator Rodriguez says the current system also hurts workers by limiting unemployment payments to just 12 weeks. This bill would increase it to 26 weeks. The maximum you can do at the federal level is 26 weeks. There is no state that pays less weeks than the state of Florida. We are at 12 at present. Uh, we are one of only a handful of states remaining that have not gone to the full 26. So this is really just about not making us an outlier. And again, going back to the, the lost wage assistance program with, Don, with the, the Trump administration, one of the reasons why we're missing out on a lot of funding at the federal level is because our system is so stingy. And this is about more than just benefits. Representative Ben Diamond of Pinellas County says their plan will bring accountability and transparency to the state agency that handles the unemployment program. We're speaking, of course, of the Department of Economic Opportunity. Part of what we're trying to do is build in more accountability here to make sure that this agency, the, the Department of Economic Opportunity, is really working to solve problems. And, you know, we've had multiple audits over the years identifying issues that have been ignored. And so that's what led us to this idea of an ombudsman. And it's basically an attempt to try to change some of the culture in, an, in the agency to make it clear that there needs to be a place for Floridians to go to raise issues with regard to the agency and with regard to their um, application process to obtain benefits. And certainly all members of the legislature, we've all done our best over the past several months to be communicating problems that we're identifying with our constituents to the agency. And, and, but, but part of the problem that we see is that there's no, um, there's no place within the agency for out-of-work Floridians to go to say, hey, I want to tell you about my situation here. And hopefully that ombudsman will be able to see trends like we have all seen trends as legislators dealing with these calls, identify problems and get those problems resolved, whether they're technical, whether they require action from the executive branch or whether they require further changes to Florida law. So that's the idea. It's, it's sort of similar in my mind to the insurance consumer advocate. You know, we have other places in state government where we have people whose job it is, is to make sure that the state is working right for them. And we need that here um, desperately. State Senator Janet Cruz says the goal of this reform bill is to change the focus at the state unemployment office, which frankly seems more concerned about the companies doing layoffs than the workers losing their jobs. This system was designed um, under the premise that every applicant was a fraud. And there were so many hurdles and barriers to success that still exist. 
So I want to thank everyone for working towards trying to create a system that, you know, that takes a different approach and helps Floridians rather than assume that everyone applying is, um, is a fraud. It's very frustrating. Speaking of unemployment, first-time jobless claims jumped last week in Florida as a growing number of entertainment and travel businesses cut hours and laid off employees. Disney World, Universal Florida, and Baggage Airline Guest Services announced thousands of new layoffs this week in Central Florida. The Regal Cinema chain suspended operations at all of its movie theaters, including 48 locations in Florida. And the P.F. Chang's restaurant chain cut hours of nearly 800 employees across the state. Your calendar of events today, well, the Board of Nursing meets by conference call at 8.30. State Representative Randy Fine holds a free food distribution event in Palm Bay at 9. The State Acquisition and Restoration Council meets online at 9. The Board of Podiatric Medicine meets by conference call at 9. The Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has another one of those reptile rules sessions at 9 o'clock. The U.S. Department of Agriculture issues its first forecast of the new citrus growing season at noon. Former CIA Director John Brennan speaks at noon during an online meeting of the Forum Club of Palm Beaches. Biden for President Florida will host a virtual phone bank kickoff in West Palm Beach at 3 with special guest Valerie Biden-Owens, the candidate's sister and longtime advisor. Friday is also the deadline for candidates and political committees in Florida to file reports of their financial activity through October 2nd. And Saturday at 10, the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Florida will hold an online event to focus on mental health and the criminal justice system. Finally today, a Florida man who lost his job as a high school principal after telling a student's mom not everyone believes the Holocaust happened has been rehired, reluctantly. The Palm Beach County School Board voted 4-3 to three to reinstate former Spanish River High School principal William Latson and give him $152,000 in back pay. Board members say they really didn't have much choice because the judge had ruled that while Latson's actions merited punishment, they weren't bad enough for termination. He may have been rehired, but the board says he will not be working on a school campus anymore. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.